This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So what's on our plate today? Today we are talking California citrus with produce buyer, forager, and ambassador, Nathan Bockler. Hey guys, and welcome to a special edition of the Plated Earth podcast, The Food Talk. Today we have a familiar voice, Plated Earth co-creator and former co-host, Chris. And we also want to welcome special guest Nathan Bockler to talk with us about the California citrus market. Nathan has been involved in the food scene from a young age. Working his way through kitchens, he eventually stepped into a role with Specialty Produce to really grow and foster the local produce offerings to establishments throughout San Diego. So part of the responsibility of produce buyers here at Specialty Produce includes weekly trips to the Santa Monica farmer's markets in the wee hours of Wednesday mornings and regularly scouring the farmer's markets in San Diego to find the highest quality, freshest, and most flavorful seasonal produce. Welcome, Nathan. Thanks for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me, both of you. We just kind of want to start by asking what drew you out of the kitchen and into the produce buying world? What was it about produce that was interesting or intriguing and made you make that transition? Right. Um, well, opportunity knocked, but... I've always had an interest, you know, as a chef in produce, of course, and it, I never left the kitchen because I was dissatisfied or didn't like it. I mean, I love everything, all the aspects, the craziness about the kitchen right. world. Um, this opportunity came up at Specialty Produce to paint a much larger picture. So instead of just my, you know, working on my plate in my little ecosystem of the kitchen to really a broader picture with the entire community of San Diego um, food scene. So that's kind of what first drew me to it. Have you always been interested in produce or has that shifted over the years? You know, like in my upbringing and um, working in the Midwest originally, I'm a meat and potatoes man. You know what I (laughs) mean? Like um, vegetables had a place on the table. It was on the side. (laughs) But um, no, as you know, like I've embraced the Southern, you know, California culture with uh, not just health conscious, but just the availability completely blew my mind and uh, getting it extremely fresh in the right, you know, the way that it should be and the optimal quality is just, I mean, there's nothing like it. So, I mean, now meat, you know, I'm a meat eater and enjoy it, but that's on the side. Okay. So from your weekly trips up to Santa Monica on Wednesdays, um, what do you think has made this market in particular such an influential and important market in Southern California? You know, it's one of the largest certified farmers markets in the nation. So what do you think has really made that successful? I think, I mean, you know, reputation, you're not going to get a reputation on what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is, it's located properly. So it's for Southern California, as well as Central Valley, it's located nicely. Mm -hmm. But beyond that is, you know, like I say, the reputation, it's a a chef's farmer's market. So people that are into food, that's where they go. Um, and it's taken, you know, building a reputation for years and years. Mm-hmm. The people that um, run it do a, an amazing job. Okay. And it's, 
you know, pro business, meaning that um, a lot of the wholesalers from all over Southern California go there to get their produce as well. Okay. And and it's just, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, like a lot of farmers markets, um, they sell leather bracelets and, you know, turkey burgers and scented candles. <laughs> exactly. And those are all like great things. Right. But this market is all produce, 100% produce. That's amazing. Yeah. And do you think that reputation was what brings vendors from even as far up as Fresno and surrounding areas? I know there? so. I yeah. know so. There's a waiting list to get, you know, as a vendor to get into that farmer's oh, wow. market, quite a bit of, you know, a, a long waiting list, actually. Right. And, um, yeah. And again, your customer is just a very knowledgeable. And I mean, you have to, it's this quality driven farmer's market. And how many times do you think you've been over the years? I think, you know, with my math, I would say, um, I think I just broke the 200 mark. So I've been up there 200 times. Uh, the farmers have been staring at this <laughs> ugly mug. That's pretty amazing. I mean, to be able to see, you know, kind of the consistency of a market or, you know, the changes in produce seasons or, or what people are even actually able to grow to see that happen and kind of evolve over the course of time is, is a pretty special thing. It, it really is. And I mean, like farming isn't just the production of food. I mean, as a commodity, there's so many other like things with it. You know, it's a community thing. Um, being able to see the farmers every single week, and it really gives you a good idea of the seasons as well. Right. When you're seeing this once a week, you know, 50 weeks a year, right. you really get a good grasp of what the season is. Also, to be able to spot quality and to like kind of, you know, talk the talk, it really like there's nothing like it. You have to just really go there and just keep going there, experience Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. You know, one of the biggest differences I see with people who shop at farmers markets versus shopping um, at a regular grocery store is that there are several different varieties of, say, oranges Mm -hmm. that are available at the market. Whereas when you go to a grocery store, you shop in for an orange, not a navel or Valencia orange. So do you think that farmer's market, you know, specifically the Santa Monica ones serve as a good way to introduce new or unusual varieties of produce? Or do you think that it gets um, kind of lost in the fray with so many different options? I think, I mean, why you're seeing what you're seeing in grocery stores in general is the consistency, you know, so certain varieties are obviously going to do better. They might have more commercial value because of it. So that's why you're going to like see that consistency. You know, they don't want something. um, Some of these items that you find at a farmer's market, it might be a labor of love. So a farmer might have like one tree of this Mm. certain variety of, you know, New Zealand lemonade fruit. (laughs) You're you're never going to see that at like at a groceries chain. Right. Um, because it just there frankly this isn't enough of it, mm-hmm. and there might not be a, a commercial value abroad. You know, like people right. might not, you know, not everyone might like it. It's just kind of a could either be a novelty or just something mm-hmm. just so just so finesse and so specialty that people don't really like aren't really interested in it or don't know about it. Right. But you find those things at the farmer's market. So sometimes you go to a farmer's market, you might find, you know, 20 pounds of a certain type of citrus. And when they sell it out, that's it for the week until the the next batch of it ripens. Or maybe it doesn't, you know, that might be it for the year. Right, a complete harvest. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're going to see, like, with the grocery stores. They're not going to mess around with, you know, like the Wikiwa Tangelo. They need something a little more consistent, you know. 
Do you think it'd be beneficial if they did label it as Valencia oranges or even if it was that same variety each week to let people know that, hey, this is just one type. It's what we have year round, but there are other varieties out there. Or is it just not the the place where people would be interested in? I think so. And I think that certain businesses do better at it than others. Mm -hmm. And I think that as the consumer gets more knowledgeable that there is opportunity for that. I know some grocery stores even will have, you know, their main display, their tower of, you know, citrus, but there's also like a little specialty basket of different items, odds and ends too. And I think that goes along with consumer education. That's the bottom line. If you don't know what it is, what it tastes like. Are you going to buy it? I mean, I don't know, right. you know, so like that's kind of where that goes. Do you think there's a cultural element to that too? Like maybe we're more likely to see that in California where there is a higher interest in those different varieties or as opposed to Midwest. I know you said my family too is from Midwest and maybe it wouldn't translate there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, you have to make it worth like your time, you know, even shipping it to the Midwest in mm-hmm. general. But I don't know, with just the way that things are moving right now with social Social media and the exchange of knowledge, I think it's, it's it just opens up an entire new world. So I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to that. I just I think that it, it's getting better and better across the country each day. I guess one of the questions I would have is that, you know, with a chef's market like, you know, in Santa Monica, or these other places that kind of cater cater to chefs, do you think that they are really the... Um, entry point for for new citrus or you know new varieties of produce as because they inspire other people you know kind of with the consumer knowledge aspect um, if people see something on a menu they're more willing to try it or do you think that you know new varieties are actually pushed more through wholesale I mean I guess I there's just there's so much research and innovation that's happening you know in our agricultural minded universities and things like that and I just kind of wonder where all of that research goes, you know, or who they're trying to, you know, kind of get to. I don't know if you have any. Well, I think, I mean, there's a couple different things. Now, when you're talking chefs versus, you know, general public Mm -hmm. and consumers, it can be two different things. So Mm -hmm. like what does really well in the consumer realm might not be all that interesting for a chef. So I mean, like, you know, chefs look for things differently than consumers do. You know, like there's a a perfect example of a sumer or a sumer, a sumo tangerine, okay? So this is an easy peel, the size of a softball, seedless, also called a decapon, um, and a really great piece of fruit. Easy peel, snack, ready. I mean, you could bring it to the gym, the work, wherever you're going, (laughs) Right. right? Chefs, for whatever reason don't necessarily haven't warmed up to it all that much. It's more of a, I don't want to say a novelty, but it's more like consumer friendly. But then there's something like a page tangerine. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this tight skin, it's a tangerine. So tight skin, you can barely peel it with your hands filled with seeds, but premium tasting. So chefs love it because, you know, they're not like, you know, carrying it around with them. They're, you know, um, produce, you know, making something right. with it. So that's, you know, there's two different things. Both okay. have a place, I think, in the hearts of people, but right. it's just all different usages. Okay. That would make sense. Did that answer your question? I don't Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it's just interesting with, you know, new varieties that you're saying that are being researched, they kind of have multiple different market outlets, I guess, eventually, you know, some are developed for commercial production where others are, you know, maybe based solely on like flavor or juice content. Exactly or right. Like that. That um, lend itself to be more attractive to chefs or the specific mm-hmm. culinary scene. So, 
I think sometimes they overlap nicely too, right. you know, right. and that's obviously the perfect storm exactly. for, for the grower. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, um, we, you know, we're lucky to be in Southern California. There's the University of Riverside right. Citrus. Yeah. I'm sure you've, you know, yeah, seen this in your research yeah. and, uh, they don't sell any root stocks or any fruit or anything, but they are on the on the precipice of new items and just exactly. like really and are in very in touch with things. And uh, there's a gentleman that works there. He's also a writer for L.A. Times and New York Times, David Karp. Oh, yeah. He's one of the biggest advocates of produce in general, fruit mm-hmm. specific, and he really brings that to the highlight. And, I mean, if you're finding a, a certain tangerine in the LA times that can really put it on the map quick right, and really exactly. get interest, yep. you know, in other, for, so for other farmers to grow it and certainly an immediate demand as far as people wanting to buy it and taste it. Mm. So are a lot of these, uh, growers that are trying out new varieties, um, do you, do you see them at the market? And so, you know, how have you seen the citrus offerings change over, you know, your 200 visits? Right. There? Well, there's always going to be constants, okay? okay? So it's not just all, like, produce fanatics like myself that are over there <laughs> shopping. There are some right. people that want a Valencia or a navel right. or, a you know, a good breakfast grapefruit right. or something like that. But um, I think that there's always – Creativity is what defines the farmers, mm-hmm. the successful farmers. Okay. So there's always someone trying to grow something new um, or at least give something a try. Um, and then with working with people, you know, like universities and mm-hmm. getting – they're kind of always really trying to push the envelope to the next thing as well. Okay. Not just, you know, like flavors, you know, I think the most important to mm-hmm. us. But there's also fruits that they try to grow that are, you know – bug resistant or, you know, right. f- cold weather resistant mm-hmm. or something that might do well on the coast that try to get it, you know, be able to have it grow right. somewhere inland a little bit right. better. So, so exactly. And that helps everybody as well. Right. Um, so I think that creativity to answer your question really dry is the driving force okay. for the successful farmers. That makes sense. Um, So what do you look for specifically when you try a new variety? Because, I mean, with your role, you really are, you know, looking to supply chefs, but then also through specialty produce, you know, there's there's a little bit of a a retail outlet as well where you're kind Mm -hmm. of looking at, you know, end consumers or home cooks or things like that. So what what are like your favorite things when you try a new well, so, I mean, you know, like I say, I'm a little spoiled and a little, like, different than most consumers. Right. So f- immediately new always excites me. Okay. I want to know what, like, the newest thing is. Gotcha. Um, but then after that one, you know, it's more importantly is taste. I'm looking for the best available. So if there's, you know, we're in Southern California, San Diego specifically, there's everybody's growing Meyer lemons, Valencia oranges, grapefruits. I'm looking for the best tasting one. And that's, that makes my job a lot easier right. when I have to face a chef with a piece of fruit and, you know, it's got to taste good. Right. Right. So that's like, that's what I'm looking for ultimately uh-huh. is best available. However, you know, I mean, that's 80% of my drive. The other 20% of my drive is looking for rare new things I've never heard of. Right. And also, you know, we're looking to, um, to educate people about new citrus and right. fruit in general, right. vegetables in general, but also, just to kind of to see what's out there and just to see where things are going, you know, okay. and try to get ahead of trends, et cetera. Right. What varieties right now are you most excited about that you've seen that are new? Well, you know, new for citrus. I mean, this right. is maybe from the 1950s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something. But this one specifically is a uh, – it's called a Nordman 
kumquat. Okay. So it's a nagami. Nagami. There's a several different kumquats. Okay, round ones. Miwa, longer ones, nagami, and everything in between. But this is seedless. So if you've ever had the... um the job of having to clean, you know, 50 pounds of kumquats. There's a lot of seeds in this little fruit. So um, this is one of the things that's grown in San Diego that is amazing, sweet, delicious, and seedless. So that awesome. those kind of small things really can change the entire landscape, you know, right. of the culinary world. However, this one doesn't like, it's kind of sporadic and it's growing. Uh, okay. So you're not going to see it like in Vons or, you know, any of these other right. like grocery chains, probably anytime soon, right. because it is kind of, you know, um, a little more difficult to grow, but that's, you know, that's exciting. Hmm. Um, there's, there's lots of stuff, but I mean, like I always, I always go back to it. Polito farms It's a guy in San Diego, Bob Polito has been, grows oranges. I always tease him. It's the ugliest thing on our shelf <laughs> is his Valencia orange, but amazing. I mean, I have like a four a day habit. It's, it's <laughs> the sweetest, best orange you'll ever have in your life. So that's two sides of the spectrum yeah. from like right. specialty weird bizarre to just a good old orange flavored orange. I don't I just I think that that's what's so exciting and one of the really kind of interesting things about citrus, right, is that when you first look at it, it seems just pretty standard with like you've got your oranges right. and your lemons and your limes, but once you kind of peel back that next layer, there's just some really crazy and amazing and delicious things that are out there that you don't necessarily you know, push yourself to try unless it's presented to you in a way that you're like, this is phenomenal. Precisely <laughs> right. There's there's no shortage of it. I mean, you know, there mm. is, I mean, there's there's 50 varieties of oranges, you right. know, and I mean, I know five of them exactly. or something. I mean, it's <laughs> exactly. just, it, you could, uh, that's what I love so much about food in general mm-hmm. is it's geography, it's language, it's art, it's craftsmanship, it's law. Right. I mean, it's, and you can go down, I mean, then if you get like the medicinal properties right. of things it's <laughs> yes, a whole exactly. other thing so mm-hmm. you just exactly. constant learning i mean it just never stops so that's mm-hmm. like that kind of keeps you going every day is right. when you realize you know how little you really know about it right so i mean in all the things that you've kind of learned and you know stumbled upon or gathered over your course of time with working in food and in produce um what do you think are the things that um allow you to you know, communicate or sell or get a chef excited about, you know, what you're offering, especially like with the new citrus. I mean, I know you've mentioned flavor, but do you guys talk about dish ideas or is it mostly just letting someone taste something and then they run with it? It starts with the knife. I mean, okay. I, you know, when I go up to a chef, it doesn't take long before I pull a knife out of my pocket. <laughs> um, but I mean, but we personalize the experience. So we kind of be like, what are you working on? So like if you're, you know, if he's juicing something, he wants a, a, an ingredient that he's going to juice, that's a different realm than if he's going to segment it and needs, you know, maybe seedless. But if he's just going to juice it, seeds don't matter. So we've really personal, kind of get to know what the chef is looking towards and then help guide that. Ultimately, it comes down to the tasting of it. But, um, and the chef, you know what I mean? There's like, there's preferences as well. And uh, it it all kind of depends. But we're, that's, you know, what I think another one of my favorite aspects of the job is Mm -hmm. just being 
able to like personalize an experience and right. really fit, you know, a fruit or a piece of produce into the right hands. Because that's when it shines the most, you know right. what I mean? If you're like reluctantly bought this Oro Blanco and you have no idea what you're going to do with it, <laughs> right. it's not going to shine as an ingredient exactly. right. as much as if you're like really like inspired when you when we finish our conversation. It's going right. to be like the best it can be. That's really cool. So have you seen chefs embrace citrus more over the past few years, or is it still one of those things that you feel like is kind of gaining momentum or maybe not? I think, I mean, just in generally speaking, citrus is the perfect fruit in the package. I mean, you have the sweetness and acid level is perfect and very versatile as well as an ingredient. But I think that if you're going to do one thing to your food, you need to add, you know, change the pH. And that's, you know, technical term for just like adding acid to it. So, I mean, if it's, you know, you have a frozen pizza and you, you know, squeeze fresh Meyer lemon juice on it, it's getting elevated. (laughs) You know, I mean, you're really like, it's getting that much better. So I think chef, you know, that's the secret chefs have known for many, many years. Okay. It, you know, citrus is definitely, I think, in every single kitchen is as right. common as a carrot and okay. celery. I mean, I think. I would hope. Yeah, I would right. hope yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing things well. You would hope so. So how have you started to use citrus differently in your cooking since working here? I mean, do you use, like, kumquats more or, you know, whereas before you had never really touched them? Or is there any is there any item that, you know, you've just kind of been like, this is amazing and now we'll never leave your table? Yeah, I mean, well, so the – my favorite, you know, thing for citrus is cut it in half and mouth juice it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to be like – you know, that's – but a little bit boring. I think that – as far as what's going on with citrus right now, there's if you look at a citrus tree, there's so many different possibilities on this tree okay. beyond the fruit even. Mm. Okay, so I'm talking – we'll start with the fruit. Okay. Obviously good to eat, right? Right. But right. the peeling, so you can infuse, you know, um, alcohol, you know, mm. make your own right. like kind of country wine or something <laughs> with it or infuse vinegars and oils. Even the seed itself – um, this is more medicinal, but I know right. that they extract oils out of that. Mm, There's right. like health benefits in the seed, the leaves, you know, like everyone kind of, or at least not everybody, I just assume, <laughs> but kefir lime leaves right. is very common, but you can also use lemon leaves or orange mm. leaves in your cooking. Okay. I think another thing is the wood itself. I mean, just mm. kind of, you know, firewood is, uh, you know, it, it offers a flavor. Okay. Um, I even saw a local chef there presenting the dish on citrus wood, which I think is that's really an amazing. I mean, they turn the really p- cool. wood into a plate. Right. You know what I mean? So that's kind of a neat thing. The blossoms as well right. is another thing. So, I mean, you can infuse, you know, orange blossom water right. in a cocktail mm-hmm. program is made, pretty common. But um, even infusing it in teas or vinegars, mm-hmm. I think uh, you throw a couple That's orange crazy. blossoms into a honey, and, I mean, it really Ooh. elevates it. It's just perfumey, a little in the behind the ear, <laughs> right. I think, goes a long <laughs> ways. Goes a long ways. <laughs> and then down to the molecular chemistry of it, like right. I mentioned, it changes the you know the acid and the ph mm-hmm. level of a dish i think is you know paramount right. as well that and salt is i mean <laughs> the bare okay. minimum for flavor yeah so again that's the long answer to you know a good tasting yeah. piece of fruit <laughs> right <laughs> well right. speaking of good tasting fruit what i see you did your homework and brought some things to share with us over yeah, here I, um so again this is more like i have you know um 
This is the Cara Cara, which is a right. pink navel. Arguably one of my favorite pieces of fruit. Mm. Just pink flesh, seedless, and just all around delicious. Right. Okay. Um, the seedless kumquats I mentioned is another thing. So, like, actually, I'll let you grab your own here so I'm not yeah. fondling all your, <laughs> all your fruit. The thing, the, so the uh, kind of a secret way to eat a kumquat is yeah. you get a kumquat regardless of its variety and you squeeze it in your you hands like the, that. Yeah. And you can That's see amazing. and it'll just be um, high oil. All the oil and essence oh, wow. is in the skin. So then when you, you get that, all the oil released and you just kind of pop it in your mouth and mm. eat. Um, so that's kind of a neat thing. There's also um, a lemonade fruit. Ooh. So this is mainly found in New Zealand, but this one's grown in Southern California. It's amazing. And this one is a lemon mandarin huh. hybrid. Okay. So kind of a cool thing. And it tastes, it has like a, a sweetness. See, isn't that neat? It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> And like I say, I mean, just the that oil in the in the skin alone is just enough to make you fall in oh, love. And the smell, mm. really oh, good. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, they're <laughs> a really, really special treat. Wow. Another one is the uh, um, this I would say oh, falls in the go- in the uh, uh, novelty realm okay. of things. This is called a uh, a golden eureka, hmm. Um, hmm. commonly called orange lemon. Real original, right? <laughs> and where it gets its name from is it looks more like an orange, but right. has lemon flavor to it. And again, okay. I don't. You're never going to see this at a grocery store because right. it's like, why not just have a lemon be a lemon and an orange be an orange? Right. So in those kind of aspects. But the golden areca for people that are like interested in okay. something different is kind of a neat thing. Sweet lemons or mm. sweet limes. Okay. So there's both these. This is kind of the opposite of that. This looks like a lime, right? But or a lemon, but is sweet. I mean, there's just absolutely no acid to this thing at all. Easy. It really has a, a aromatic kind of okay. perfumey thing going on. I'll cut you a piece here, and just let there's you. There's the knife. Yeah, <laughs> the knife always. Like I say, I just uh, it's never too far away. Yeah. Kershaw knives, by the way, people. They're not a sponsor, <laughs> but you could be. So this. Perfect. Thank you. Tenacious skin there. But again, so really perfumey um, and lack of acid. There's absolutely no acid in that whatsoever. So that it it plays nice with uh, more acidic fruit, but it just has a, it's really kind of a special thing. Um, Wow, that is so good. People have been using it for many, many years. This is called a Wikiwa. Um, so this is a Tangelo family. Really? So if you know the Tangelo is more yeah. like the Mandarin or the right. orange. This is also called Pink Tangelo or a Lavender Gem. Wow. This one, again, a specialty fruit. I know a couple farmers that grow this, but other, it's just really kind of a, a special treat. I'll just take that Thank whole you. thing there. Um, and sweet, not a lot of acid to it as well, but just really kind of a, it's got a lot going on for mm. a small package. So with something um, like this, where do the the multiple names or varieties come from? Is it like farmer dependent or are they actually? Well, there's, you know, um, sometimes marketing, you know, there's some create Mm -hmm. again, back to the creativity of things. It's that's maybe one of my favorite. I mean, I say that about like 400 different (laughs) things, by the way, once you get to know me. (laughs) But um, it is it's definitely on the, you know, the. Top 100, you know, tie for my favorite fruits. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I keep waiting for that acidic bite at the end, but it's just so sweet. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so again, these yeah. are all kind but of just so like balanced. outside the yeah, realm. I mean, right now in inventory, we I, we probably have 40 different varieties of citrus, wow. okay? It's just mm-hmm. really a, a broad spectrum from, I mean, this is only, this is some of the bizarre stuff that you just right. don't see. Yeah. Um, some of these, I mean, I think like with the, uh, even the golden Eurekas, I mean, I think the far on the table, there was like eight of them. I bought four, okay. left oh. it for the next person, left <laughs> right. some, but just those kind of things. It's like really a one-off. You might have a tree or something of these and that's kind of right. all you have. But um, all of these are grown in California. Absolutely. Right? Which I think is, is one of the crazy and, you know, beautiful things about living here in the state with all the different climate zones, you can have just tremendous variety and opportunity to try fantastic food. in general i mean you know like i mean san diego we're lucky with all the microclimates right. i mean yeah. uh i'm probably 10 miles or less from this kumquat mm-hmm. there's growing mangoes wow. uh rhubarb i mean there's just a full spectrum from uh, roots so cool. to shoots that i mean <laughs> just everywhere in between it's right. really an amazing we're lucky to be here you know yeah. and get some of it Very. so where do you see the industry moving in san diego since we're talking about this area i know a lot of uh, Farms are moving to more uh, water-friendly places that have used less water because of the drought. Do you think that's going to affect the future of citrus in the area? I think, yeah, water's been always been a, de- mm-hmm. a determining factor in Southern California. Right. Um, it depends, too. Some people have well water. Some people have to rely on, you know, river or, you know, city water or pumped in. You know, there's a lot of different things. Again, it comes down to the creativity. I keep right. saying that if you okay. see right. the theme developed here. <laughs> but more or less just being able to, like, optimize what you have on your plot of land. And I mean, the farmers that do a good job with that, some mulch, you know, some, there's different ways to get creative with like how you're able to, you know, produce your product. Even like beyond like water is, you know, here's time for the scary part of the <laughs> of the interview, but there's uh, um, this disease. Have you heard about this disease? Yeah. Wang Long Bing is uh, one of the ways for the people that are nervous about saying that, me included. Uh, we, it's shortened to HLB, okay. which is a, a disease that affects citrus trees. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, actually this uh, little insect called a uh, psyllid. And it's a, a jumping um, what the what are the uh, jumping lice? It's a plant oh, lice. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it has something to do. I believe um, I'm no scientist here, but I think like a bacteria that it, it spreads a bacteria that infects citrus trees, and uh, it's found in Southern California, including San Diego County. Oh, wow. Right now, there is some of this, um, but Florida back in 2005, right. it completely. I mean, this it's is some of the low. It's devastated the citrus industry. Um, it's even to the point of, uh, I think it's been the lowest output in Florida citrus wow. in 50 years. Wow. I mean, so it's really like put a hurt on it. Mm-hmm. And um, it just causes these trees to kind of, their leaves to change and like, I don't know, something with the chlorophyll okay. starts to die, can die as up and uh, as quick as three years. Wow. And um, so again, you know, like there's different, what they're trying to battle this, but right. um, some people, not just fear mongers, but some people that are in the industry believe it to be the 
you know, the worst case scenario is that it might change the entire landscape of citrus in Southern California in general. Um, We're lucky so far. I mean, it is spreading, but we're lucky so far. Most of the citrus in California's Central Valley, but uh, south of the border, Mexico, it's Mm -hmm. creeping up towards us. And then, you know, it's just, it's heading north as well. So it's just kind of nobody knows. And like they're, I mean, universities are really trying to battle this thing and try to get it under, um, under control the best they can. But that's like probably the single most scariest thing that you might not hear about. Like just generally, you know, like you don't really talk about those kind of things, but that could really affect citrus as we know it in California. Are those conversations happening up at the market when you're there with other vendors and kind of talking about creatively how they're going to fight this? And Yeah, and I mean, save- absolutely. It's certainly a concern for farmers, yeah. obviously. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's definitely being discussed. I would say that and water, you know, water is the most immediate response. If you can't water, you know, the trees, you don't have to worry about them getting like a disease. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's kind of uh, the the scariest part is water, but then the diseases and then just kind of, you know, moods change and like consumer interests change. So, you know, if uh, the Valencia might not get any love, you know, like (laughs) all of a sudden, you know, it's just kind of a strange thing how, you know, trends and things happen. So... Um, it's interesting. It never, it's always different every, right. every week in and out okay. without a doubt. I learn something or every day I learn something <laughs> yeah. new where I'm just like, wow, really? Right. You know, so. <laughs> What's a uh, citrus trend is going to be the next thing coming up. Is there any talk at the markets of like, oh, this is the next big thing. Grapefruit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buy it, please buy it. Um, No, I think the uh, um, this isn't you know any certainly not new, but we were starting to see last year. We got the first of it was a a a red tangerine, like a red flesh tangerine. Mm So I think like those kind of things where they do the best, where you have like some novelty spice to it, but also still like is delicious. Exactly. So those are the things that I'm seeing more or less, even this like new tangerines, like, uh, uh, in the LA times, we read an article about the supernova. So it's this tangerine and it's just damn good. I mean, there's just not, you know what I mean? Nothing fancy about it, but it's all of a sudden a new variety of tangerine. And, uh, again, it's brought to, you know, everyone's attention and now people are, you know, there's a demand for it. So it kind of, um, it has to, it has to taste good ultimately, or it's not going to last too long in the marketplace. But that's what I'm seeing is, uh, is just, you know, the newest kid on the block usually always does well, but the flavor is what's going to back it up and keep it around for a while. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hey, thanks uh, for having yeah. and for being with <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, it was today a lot of fun and talking so much California citrus. And make sure you follow Nathan on Instagram and Twitter for all things produce. His Instagram handle is nbockler b o c h l e r and Twitter at chef nate Bockler. So get out there, explore your local market, or if you're local to San Diego, come see us at Specialty Produce. Be adventurous with your produce, try something new, support the farmers who are growing more than your standard items, and never judge a fruit by its cover. The ugliest produce is sometimes the best. Explore, eat, and of course, enjoy. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce app on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. 
As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and local market shares on the Specialty Produce app. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 o